Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good whatever, and welcome to Gatecast episode 127, covering season 6, episode 18, Forsaken, with interesting aliens. Good evening, everybody. Interesting aliens. Mm, maybe so. We'll see. Aliens which don't look like humans that have been transplanted. They actually bothered with some makeup this time, or at least latex rubber headpiece. I'm just fiddling with the line. God, that sounds so wrong now that I've said it. <laughs> okay. I say this precedent, wasn't it? Daniel fiddle with the line. What? Was it Daniel? Dredging up me Sunday school. Oh, Daniel and the line, yes. Well, no, he didn't so much fiddle with it as kind of a remove a thorn from its paw, and it was more of a parable. I get the impression if you actually tried that with a real line, you get your head bitten off. <laughs> probably, even if it was an irritable line. <laughs> probably more so. You know, anything short of Aslan would probably uh, decapitate you, or at least maul you quite severely. So I'm jealous of Ms. Hainsworth, because it seems she's met Michael. There's a photo on her website of her and Michael Shanks. Oh, right. According to a recent tweet, she decided to rewatch Born Out in Season 3, but she forgot to fast-forward through the start of Episode 1. <laughs> so if you're including preamble, I assume you're going to cut that bit out. Although, not necessarily. That's not really the spoiler, is it? I wouldn't have thought so. There's nobody listening to us that haven't been exposed to Stargate or anything else. I've looked at the numbers. There's nobody listening to us. <laughs> We're under 200 at this point. We do it for the love. SpecFicMedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast. Did I sound like I was blushing? You sounded like you were blushing. Because I was talking about swallowing? No, I just want to stand on top of the wall and piss off the edge of the world. That's <laughs> it, I'm fixing a post. No, you know, you could have done it by now. <laughs> porn. porn. Peter Dinklage porn. <laughs> Damn. You can't just say, oh, I've got Instead something else to talk PG, about. Instead of we have two in ILPG. You just can't, you can't do that. 115 tug. What is it really supposed to stand for, PG? the number I got when I signed up for Google. <laughs> you did. God damn it. I thought you said you weren't going to watch it. We weren't going to, but we did for you. I thought it would have been good if you hadn't watched it. Well, you should have said so. <laughs> oh, good. You're not watching it. That'll be great. Not your mother's Game of Thrones podcast. Unless your mother is Cersei Lannister, of course. To find out more, visit specficmedia.com. So I'm starting to realise I should have booked my hotel for Dragon Con sometime last September, just after the last one finished. Probably uh, would have been a wise decision. I joined a live journal called Dragon Rooms, yeah. and I put a post up saying, Male, needs room. Well behaved, gent, have shared with males and females before I come with my own pyjamas. <laughs> and I got a contact less than 24 hours later. Oh, nice. There's a bunch of guys staying in the Marriott, which is, uh, there's five con hotels this year but there were an original three and this is one of the original three yeah bruce boxleitner's had it face happy with bruce boxleitner i'm assuming the line will go around the block several times though probably yeah and atlanta in september is it cold 
No, it'd be 114 Fahrenheit. Oh, right. So I found a hotel, but it was still, for a king, $560. A day? Total. Oh, okay. Um, that's five nights. So I booked it anyway because the advantage of the Hampton Hilton group is that they won't even pre-charge your card. They'll just put a hold on it. That's okay then. So it doesn't actually cost anything to book. But it still means my options are open. I'm not in my early 20s. I can't just curl up in a chair. <laughs> well, you can, but you'll feel it when you wake up. Yes, well, I'll wake up and people will say, oh, you're doing Quasimodo. No, I slept this way. <laughs> yeah, give me a few hours. I'll be able to straighten up eventually. <laughs> when I rummaged around the flights, I made a point of sort of going, okay, well, I'm flying out of Atlanta, so I can fly pretty much any time I bloody want to. You would have thought so, wouldn't you? Well, the plan is to fly to Atlanta, do Dragon Con, fly on Chicago Midway, go and see my friend which across the border in Indiana, spend an indeterminate amount of time, probably about five days with Jeffrey. Then get a train up to Boston, spend four or five days in Boston, get another train up to New York, spend four or five days there, and then fly home from JFK. Sounds like a plan. I plan. Have you not noticed? <laughs> I plan everything. In fact, the planning is often... I'm Sheldon, you know, the planning's often the most fun bit for me. Of course, you, you haven't seen more than one and a half episodes of Big Bang. No. As you've said in the past, I talk about it so much you feel like you know the characters. If I spot any of the principles around Dragon Con, I will try and tie them down and viciously interview them for five minutes. There was nobody relevant at the Belfast convention. And I saw my friend Ed, who was clean-shaven the last time I spotted him. And now he's grown a sort of John Rice davies level beard in order to uh, audition as an extra for Game of Thrones Season 3. Yeah, you've got to kind of look woolly, don't you? I have to say, there isn't much that I make this effort for, but Game of Thrones, I made a point of watching as broadcast. Well, my subscription will probably lapse during the broadcast, so... Really? I think Eureka might be coming back soon, because that was a bit of a cliffhanger that they left us on. I mean, it can't be long, yeah. They've got second half of, well, whatever season they want to call it, the fifth season, but it's not really. There's about 12 or 13 episodes left. Pause, sit, stay, good line. Why is it so giant? Promise my witness since I'm off tomorrow, I'm going to go and see if I can source a new headset. Right. Or a large black fluffy bit, whichever. Come try ya! Anyway, shall we? Ivra 3, Ivra Do, Ivra Hain. Clicky. <laughs> Mostly in the interest of the disc now having to spin up and seven start again. Ooh, big telescope. Lots well, well, it looked that sharp, big telescope. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have scale. Pull back a bit, you know, dinky little thing. Yeah, and why was Sam looking through it? And I'm sorry, why the using telescope during the day? It's worse than useless and it's like the blind you need the sun. Perhaps they were looking at the moon. A moon. One of many, many moons. You can actually see a luminous layer of ionized gas around the dying core expanding. Fascinating. <laughs> you don't care. Hey, I like gas as much as the next guy. <laughs> Five hours to darkness, sir. Patterson has replied saying we haven't forsaken you you're just recording over our lunch hour we got a response yay (laughs) I knew it I knew if I did increasingly desperate tweets I'd eventually get a reply (laughs) one thing Joseph Malozzi actually said that even though Jack historically has an interest in astronomy there he acted like uh, the idiot and the buffoon Mm. probably a deliberate attempt to dumb down his character a bit to play up that aspect of his character because we all like him acting the fool. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'll have to let us know where you are. 
that picture Jack picked up was Andy Makita's wife, Candice. Mm -hmm. Reminds me, I need my staff back. <laughs> Okay, we can see the actual set and the matted bit, but uh, it's not that impressive for a crashed spaceship. No, yeah, well, maybe it's been crashed for a while. Incredible, isn't it? That had to hurt. Do trustworthy as ever? Yep. What do you got here? I am unfamiliar with this type of vessel, Neil. It does not go old. Not Asgard or Tolan either. Well, that's a Jonas. Touch the alien spacecraft. That's a good idea. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so you don't know if they're human. You don't know if they speak English. Why the hell are you bothering? Actually, there were three of us. Surprise, surprise. As we were not saying, aliens that do look like human. Mm. It's not what the preview picky in the transcript said. <laughs> they are shoulder pad humans. Yeah, uh, the AC humans. <laughs> Do right. Okay then, Forsaken. The Gatecast, episode 127. Season 6, episode 18 of Stargate SG-1. Directed by Andy Makita. Written by Damien Kindler. Shares its name with episodes of Smallville. Case Crackers, Forensic Factor, so uh, not a popular name for TV episodes. First aired January 29th, 2003 in the UK, world premiere. Late aired February 21st, 2003 in the US. And finally September the 25th in Australia. Poor Aussies. Poor Aussies. They can't have everything, can they? They've got a good climate and a low populated piece of the world. Yeah, mostly because it's desert. Yeah, we've got sharks as well, I suppose. But, hmm. Which turns you from desert into desert. <laughs> That's not much of a lake in the background, is it? <laughs> Looks like they've had the hosepipe ban a little early. More of a turn. Now what? You tell me. We're peaceful explorers. Okay? We didn't come here to harm anybody. Unless otherwise provoked. Yes, we're wimps. Or at least Jonas's. Mm -hmm. They don't look like happy people. I'm Eden Corso, captain of the Seabrus. This is my first officer, Tannis Renard, navigator Lyle Pender. The guns look so crappy. Now, they really are sci-fi space guns, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Looks completely impractical. Over the top. <laughs> we say as Tilk's holding his staff weapon. Never heard of it. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> yes, Jack automatically suspicious. Sorry for the less than warm welcome, but you kind of snuck up on us. We didn't hear your ship land. No, you wouldn't. You've got to put the brakes on, because Jonas is liable to get out of the galactic star map and actually show them where we are. <laughs> you are here. We are not. <laughs> it's not as bad as it looks. We were on our way to relieve an off-world mineral extraction team when an asteroid storm blew us right off course. Fuel line got messed up in the crash, and all the reserves leaked out before we knew what was happening. You wouldn't happen to have a whole lot of extra fuel in your ship, would you? Not exactly. I think the engines are okay. We just don't have enough power in the batteries to fire them up. All we have access to is a few auxiliary systems. Yeah, sounds a little rehearsed, doesn't it? Yes. Couldn't even get a distress signal off. It's frustrating, is it? Our home planet, Heberton, must be close. 
We could plot a course if you could take three passengers. That might be a problem. We did not travel to this world by vessel. Thank you, memory. It's just dropped the plot in this episode into my head. Good. <laughs> Excuse me? Big O. Decent walk that way. We'll start off with the aliens. Aidan Corso is on screen right now, played by Martin Cummins. He's a very popular genre actor. Uh, been in Dark Angel, 4400, Sanctuary, V, Kyle XY. Never saw Kyle XY. What if it's enough? It wasn't a bad show. He actually worked with Andy Makita on Poltergeist of Legacy. That's where they both met and became friends. Mm. Oh, the Collect the Objects show? No. Was that not Poltergeist? No. Carter Teal? Excuse us a moment. Now, they're aliens. They're proper aliens. Yes, with certainly oodish exposed brain bit. Yes, Jack is definitely suspicious. We could offer them sanctuary on Earth. <laughs> we offer everybody sanctuary on Earth. Yes. I'm just saying it's possible. I mean, if all they need is fuel, then maybe we can find an Earth equivalent. I may be able to recharge their batteries using an aqua generator. I'd have to take a look at the technology. And why would we do this? Good question, Jack. So I can take a look at the technology. <laughs> Good answer, Sam. Capabilities beyond our own, and uh, maybe they'd be grateful. Who knows what else they have to offer? <laughs> Tilkin is just standing in the middle. Okay. Look, a tennis match for Tilkin. <laughs> no flat rate for these kids. The Celts were formidable warriors in their time. Their descendants may make valuable allies. You've seen Braveheart too often. <laughs> Carter has to have a closer look at your ship. Worst case scenario. You end up on Earth. Here we go, a gratuitous Chris bum shot. Many such shots in this episode. Of whom? Christopher. Oh, yeah, I'm not interested in Christopher's bum. Let's take a look. Uh, spidey senses tingling. Yes. Maybe it's Junior. T. When does Jack refer to him as T? <laughs> in this episode, obviously. Keep me posted. Indeed. Look, and indeed. Quite a few indeeds, actually. This is when Tilt really ramped up the indeed count. <laughs> this set was actually uh, canted at 30 degrees to make filming, well, I suppose, easier. What can you tell me? Well, not as much as my chief engineer could. He's dead. I'll do my best. He actually said uh, when he went went into the set, he actually felt a bit of vertigo and a Mikita. Well, I assume they just tilted the camera rather than... No, the set's tilted. Oh, dear. If you didn't blink, you'd think he was a wax dummy. <laughs> Still, there is something out there, O'Neill. No! Oh, well, that's it. She spotted it, but nobody... Oof. Mm -hmm. I've got to admit, the guns look funky... But they fire damn fine energy blasts. Well, uh, I still say Ben Broad was quote from the uh, opening episode of Firescape has yet to be beaten. They still are all fill you with little yellow bolts of light. <laughs> <laughs> they do look like there's some power behind them and just flashing across the sky. <laughs> oh, shot him in the back. Yeah, that's not very friendly. I have the impression the lights aren't as lethal as, say, like, uh, slightly subsonic lead. Ooh. Yeah, they said in the commentary that, ah, if you cut all the coverage together, you'd get about a 30-minute gunfight. <laughs> okay, good defensive measure against an alien species with more sensitive hearing. Uh -huh. 
A tweet from Nye. You've really got to stop looking at your stats. Moribond, you are not. Ooh, Moribond. So nice to hear words that are used as frequently anymore. Not Trevor, of course, his character. Yes. The dead alien, Trevor Jones, he's, been in, he's worked on SG-1, SGA and SGU as a stunt coordinator. Mm-hmm. Also recently in Hellcats. I suppose there's a lot to be had for a stunt former who can actually don prosthetics and act on camera. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Did you give me the name of the blonde guy? I will do, eventually. He's dead on you. What the hell is that all about? These guys have been hunting us from the moment we crashed. With your own weapons? Captain? Colonel, I'm sorry they didn't warn you about that sooner. It's been so long since they attacked, we started to think we were free and clear. Who the heck are they? We don't know. They killed five of my crew members since we crashed. Skinned them alive and hung them up in the trees. Whoever or whatever they are, they're savages. Where are they from? Don't know. There's no civilization on this planet as far as we can tell. We haven't seen any ships either. But now that we know that the Stargate is a transportation device, well, they must be coming through that. All very believable, isn't it? Uh, no, something about it doesn't ring true. Let's all get back to Earth then. Colonel, if you can do something to help her, please do it. I'm staying with my ship. Why are the aliens always hostile? Why are they so eager to kill them and not negotiate? Remember, the humans fired first. Side defenses should be able to keep them at bay. Yeah, that was kind of annoying. We should be able to defend this position until your people have a chance to fix the ship. All right. Carter, Jonas, get her back to the gate. We'll watch your six. Yes, and by six, Jack meant something totally different. We'll be back. Thank you. Perhaps, as he said, they've already been attacked and had people killed. Mm. He is sneaky, this one is. He can get up close when he wants to. Mm. There's a certain illness like uh, quality to the headpiece. They actually made a, a joke on the commentary about these establishing shots and the sentries involved. He said, you know... Since then, one's been promoted and one's dead. <laughs> Based on its position in space, I've determined that it doesn't have a gate. At least not one that we're aware of. Then how did a society of humans evolve there? It's possible the Goa'uld kept a gate there as long as it suited them and then took it with them when they left. The real mystery is how their society managed to advance so far beyond Earth's level of technology. Well, we've seen the Tolan. They left Earth yeah. and advanced dramatically because we went through the Dark Ages. Why couldn't these people? Now, personally, I can't wait to see how they generate enough Your trust. evaluation of these people, Major? Cautiously optimistic, sir. Can you fix it? If I can recharge their batteries using the Naquita generator and there are no other system problems resulting from the crash, then... Take whatever you need. Thank you, sir. And SG-15. This episode was actually filmed yes, at the same time as Disclosure. So some of the main crew were actually off on second unit duty. Mm-hmm. Got a name for these guys? Nothing polite. He's dead, Jim. <laughs> Very much so. A bit tricky for Trevor Jones and Dion Johnson, who plays the other alien, to wear you know, a nice Canadian day. It was very warm. How many could they have? Eight or nine. You travel in Paris? Scouting party. Probably trying to test your firepower. Which isn't very accurate. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you already don't like him, do you? Nope. Liam Pender is played by David oh, Patkow. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. He was in LAX, Whistler, and currently in Flashpoint, which is a Canadian cop show. Apparently also, Jack really doesn't trust them, does he? SG-5, Major Pierce, played by Rob Lee. Fifteen. Fifteen? Hammond said fifteen. I thought Pierce was commander of SG-5. Maybe he screwed up. 
I'll go with General Hammond. You don't want to you disagree with the general, do you? Maybe you screwed up worse than Major Davis screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you get them out from 5 to 15, and it must have been a hell of a screw up considering what Davis lost to the extra or three. Now, the young lady in the bed, Sarah Deakins, plays Tannis Reynard. Young, she looks at least 35. She's had guest spots in Andromeda, Battlestar, Blood Ties, Smallville, and Dead Zone. So again, mm. <laughs> you've got to be said, you've got to be a pretty bad actor in Vancouver if you don't get quite a few roles. <laughs> and she's flirting with Jonas. I guess I owe you. Not a bit. Everyone flirts with Jonas. You know? They, they do, don't they? He's, he's sort of adorable. Teddy bear. So. <laughs> to fight off Nyerty. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you, buddy, when you get back. I hate to sound like a hopeless case, but my parents died when I was young, and I've been serving with Captain Corso since I graduated flight school ten years ago, so... He and Pender, they're like my family. Especially after all we've been through. So, tell me more about the Stargate. How does it work, exactly? Basically, it uses a dimension outside of our known time and space that we call subspace. Keep asking questions because he's going to answer everything you ask him. Well, no, I mean, there's a lot. Rather vague answer by Jonas standards. How many stargates are there? There's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And there are other humans out there, like us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some primitive, some advanced, some non-human, as you're already aware of. Uh, Some are good, some are bad. Some are very bad. <laughs> very bad, yeah. yeah. Could say that. <laughs> There's a calculating look in her eyes. Sounds like it. Uh, a little map painting there. Blurry shot, so you can't see the brush strokes. From the looks of it, the spaceship didn't crash land. It was a, a controlled landing of sorts. Otherwise, it'd be a total wreck. Well, it was out of control crash. Yeah. A good landing is when you can walk away with one. A great one is when you can use the ship after. So the first thing we need to do is give you a boost so we can get your computer back online. Then we can run a full diagnostic. Now, the engineering section is exactly the same set as the bridge, just uh, redressed overnight. The prop people who created all the panels and whatnot. It does make you inclined to tilt your head, doesn't it? It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It was quite awkward to act in. Hmm. What's your feed? How do you meet your, how do you match your mark, you know? Yeah. This is the main power coupling. Well, this will do the trick. We'll have to jerry rig something, but it should work. Amazing. For a supposedly less advanced human, you're pretty comfortable with our technology. Well, you're in luck. I'm a little more experienced with this sort of thing than most people on my planet. Besides, all we're really doing is plugging your ship into my battery. <laughs> yes. He's thinking, whatever you say. Furious people, you could say, aren't they? Yeah. Guess that didn't sound very good, did it? <laughs> so let me get this straight here, Major. You're, uh, you're an officer in your home world's military. You're a scientist, an explorer, and uh, apparently you're a pretty fair mechanic. And I make a mean souffle. <laughs> and she's flirting back. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's it's something you eat. It's very difficult to make. Oh, well, add to that list, funny, charming, and beautiful. Subtle, isn't he? Which means he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he might last one. <laughs> See, rule number one when you're stranded on an alien planet and someone offers to fix your ship, flatter them profusely. 
perhaps those lines work on his world. The transcript actually said she gives him a look. Oh, that was a look. It wasn't get away from me look, but it wasn't a come and get me look either. Colonel Neal doesn't trust us, does he? He doesn't trust anyone. <laughs> it's nothing personal, me. And Colonel O'Neill is less concerned with showing his distrust. So why are you helping us? Well, it's the only way you make new friends. Take a chance on someone and hope they don't make you regret it. Doesn't always work out, though, does it? No, I suppose not. <laughs> so did Pender have the uh, sort of rifle version? Because he had the extended. Yeah, must be. Yeah, a bit of a cumbersome pistol-type weapon, though. Hmm. Shoot him, Jack. Go on. Don't move. Oh, Jack's good. Oh, he's trouble. I was thinking of taking it alive. Why would you do that? Because that's how you gain intel on an enemy you know little about. I know all I need to know, Colonel. Those things get a hold of you or one of your friends, you will too. It's a pity they didn't bring more zaps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did they bring any zaps? At least one. Carter. Yes, sir. We spotted one of the aliens. We're going after it. Roger that, sir. You're safe here. We're secure inside the ship, sir. O'Neill out. <laughs> yes, I'm perfectly safe inside this ship with Aiden. Don't worry about me. No, don't worry about me at all. Now, surprisingly enough, Andy Makita and Damien Kinloo did the commentary, made jokes about Chris's backside quite often. <laughs> they didn't make a single joke about Amanda's. Why would you? It's lovely. <laughs> they were very careful what to say because worried about uh, coming after him. I'm not sure she was trying to avoid that. Maybe in a previous take, there was a little book crack there. <laughs> I can hope. Yeah, why not? But I will attempt to control myself. Yeah, tell him about the Zap gun. Mind if I have a look? You pretty much guarantee that they're going to use that weapon at some point in the episode now. Yeah. It's interesting, it's not like your other one. It's a little less lethal. It's not Earth-made. One shot stuns, two shots kill. Really, Sam? I mean, seriously. So do you have anyone special back home on Earth? Nothing I care to discuss. All right, now that's a little too interesting for me to let go. Oh, and he's crossed the line there. <laughs> How would you choose a topic? Got a bit misty. All this was shot at the Stokes Pit location, which they've used quite often. Unfortunately, it's been developed as the shot, so... Yeah. As we've said before, that, bit by bit it disappears. That looks like a maintained wood. That's not natural wood, because there's no way you're going to get that clear of undergrowth. All right, not too far. General? I was in the area. I was in the area? <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> in the base, the area covers pretty much the base. <laughs> you don't really have to give a reason to visit somebody under your command, General. Mm hmm. You just walk in and go, report. I'm not sure. Hmm. At 0625 hours, there was a security breach in the main computer system. Someone tried to gain access from a remote terminal in the infirmary. You think Bernard tried to hack into it? Well, there's nobody else there, so I suppose, yes. I don't know. It's possible. Well, I'm on my way to question her about it. 
Yes, sir. Hey, General. If you don't mind, I've got another idea. Yeah. Jonas is trying to be sneaky. Yes. This won't end well. A little home away from home here. If the hunters use the Stargate, why set up camp here? That's a pretty fair question. I love the little bongos every now and again. <laughs> the little bongos. Jokes got all tank toppy. You also do not believe the Heberden story. That alien I caught sneaking around was just about to tell me something when Kendra shot him. Kind of undermines the whole keep coming through the Stargate and attacking us. Yes. I mean, whoever these people are, they're worse off than the, the crew of the ship. Mm-hmm. As far as we know at this point. These appear to have come from the Cerberus. Mm. Yes, so uh, quite a few dead people by the looks on it. Mm-hmm. Collecting the dog tags, very military, which I suppose is something Jack would recognise. Mm-hmm. Colonel, I got him. Zap, 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 zap. You see, you've got to be grateful a bit. I said alive. He doesn't go for accuracy, does he? <laughs> Just blanket the whole area. Where is he? He was right there. But you said you had him. I did. I had to have hit him. T, what do you got? I believe it is blood, O'Neill. Told you. I don't know if he's the character's just meant to be young or just annoyingly arrogant. Mm. I think without him, the cover story would have held much longer. You think so? I think everybody took an instant dislike to him. And everything that comes out of his mouth, you just don't trust. And that along with the set dressing, a lot of fibre optic lights that they didn't use simply because they didn't have the time. And when a lot of them they did put in, you didn't get to see. Tough little. Unbelievable. Ha! Okay, Captain, how do we boot up the system? Call me Aiden. Okay. You know, I've been saving this for a special occasion. We haven't had that many around here. Oh, no thanks. Come on. No, I can't, really. I'm on duty. All right, well, I'll have one for both of us. He's really not letting it go, is he? And that, I think, if nothing else, will cause her to lose a lot of respect for me. Well, I suppose it depends. He's never actually said he's military. It's pretty. Not really. It's short for Samantha. Even prettier. So what does it mean? Samantha. My father wanted a boy. <laughs> what about you? Does your name mean anything? Well, I, I was named for my uncle Aiden, who died swimming drunk across a river on a dare. <laughs> and Corso, our family name, means smells like a dead bird in ancient Hebridean. <laughs> yeah, we're a real high-class family. Well, I'm sure he'll be <laughs> He looked a bit Thunderbirdy then. In fairness, Aiden should be spelled A-I-D-E-N, not A-D-E-N. Well, the language has no doubt changed just enough in written form, but not in actual vocalised form. Now suddenly I don't want to leave. Well, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch. Oh, I'm sure. You'll want to know about all the things that we have that you don't. They always get nasty. You don't have to make it sound like that. Like what? I don't know, cheap. Like that's not the only reason you're helping us. It isn't. See, that's honest. Yeah. Well, that's his pretty much underlying character coming through a bit. Mm. That's the only reason he would help them. I've never met anyone like you before. Aiden. Oh, come on. <laughs> right, um, you should remain professional. Yeah, so. <laughs> Major? That's professional. Mm. <laughs> You're right. I'm not going to get my pants. Screw it. 
Jonas subterfuge. This place is amazing. You holding up okay? Because we can go back to the infirmary and, you know, you're... I'm fine. Thanks. I wonder what sort of weapon, though, would actually look like it breaks her arm and not just burns her or something. Mm. Uh, sorry about the clutter. Just cataloging some artifacts we found on P4X131. Yeah, <laughs> a bit tempting, that, isn't it? Shiny gold items, and the eyes are sort of, you know, <laughs> that, that was almost invisible ka-ching. Mm. Gold love this stuff. I'll tell you something, the galaxy is full of it. Oops. He just starts piling up in his arms. Uh, these aren't worth much, really. <laughs> it's okay. I don't think that any of it is broken. Just uh, caught me. You're full of it, Jonas. Off guard. I thought it was obvious. She knows what she wants. She wants <laughs> Jonas. Well, she wants to distract Jonas long enough to steal stuff. How much I've wanted to kiss you since we first met. That, oh, right, that's, uh, that's not obvious. Look, I'm really sorry if you don't find me attractive. No, hey, look, you're, you're attractive. I just, um, I don't know, I, 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 we just met and you're, and you're injured and I, the thought really never crossed my mind. (laughs) I hope you don't think this is some kind of savior complex. You know, I fall for the guy who saved my life because... I thought you were very cute way before I got shot. I like the skull. <laughs> it looks a bit out of place, but... Happy grin. <laughs> yeah, let's find a quiet supply closet. There's two guards on the door, you know, there's no privacy. I just can't do it with two guards on the door. <laughs> there are those that would find it torn up. Not a bad line, really, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, phone ring. Phone. Phone, attractive woman, phone, attractive woman. Jonathan. Yes, sir, I'll be right there. Uh, it was General Hammond, uh wants to see me, so... If you're going to be okay alone here for a few minutes... Sure. My two friends are just out in the hall there. So we'll talk more later. Okay. Yes. You're not going to touch anything while I'm gone, are you? That's it. Reassure him. The guards are on the door. You're safe to leave me. Yes. Here's Akko, Akko, Akko. Just a gentle reminder to the guards. Don't turn around, no matter what she does. Mm-hmm. The computer visuals, once again, created by Krista McLean. I'm sure there's high detail in there that nobody ever gets to see because it's such a tiny... Uh-oh. Assistance. We've been hit by an asteroid storm. Of course. Repeat. Oh. Yeah. And the shoe's dropped. Mm-hmm. With an audible thump. Somehow the sunlight coming through the trees and so you can actually see the individual beams always looks great. Mm-hmm. Henry, this is O'Neill. I told you to stay in visual range. They're talking to God, mode. Now, this scene was meant to be shot with a Steadicam. Unfortunately, they had a problem with it. So they had to shoot it the conventional way, but they still make it look like a Steadicam. Verdant forest. Oh, nice. <laughs> No, because if one of them fires... <laughs> Alright, let's not lose our heads here. I mean you no harm. Pointing that thing at my friend's head. If you look closely at his hands, they've got elongated fingers. 
Mm. Prosthetics were done by Todd Masters at Master Effects, mm -hmm. an effects house who worked on Falling Skies, Battlestar, Please. also Fringe and Vampire Diaries. Oh, it's season two, Falling Skies. Whatever you have been told, it is a lie. Is that true? I am Warwick. I am the captain of the Severus. I'll see John Carter again. Oh, and you see it at the weekend. John Carter was the uh, actor's principal role in E.O. for like six years. Oh, thought you meant the movie. No. I'm not going to see that tomorrow. Hands where I can see him. Shoot him, Sam. Go on. You've got a Zat gun. Mm. You can shoot him and ask him later when he's got a headache. Yeah. Shoot him. Then you can tie him up. It's not what you think. What do I think? Actually, I don't know. This ship is a prison transport. That's right. Sit down. Clap your legs. Well, that's really dumb, Sam. Have you never seen Burn Notice? Sitting that close to him. <laughs> Specifically the episode with con artist and the bank where they break in and they're surrounded by cops and SWAT teams. Hands behind your back. I allowed the prisoners to gain control of the ship. When the storm hit us, the life support went out in the cells. They were going to die. The prisoners? Those aliens? They didn't come to the Stargate. They came here with us. They were our prisoners. Prisoners of war. Your planet's at war with them. I let them go. Now, this is clever, though. He's still lying through his teeth, but it's a story that you wouldn't want to admit. Mm. I've been lying to you because I've been ashamed and embarrassed over my failure command. We might have weathered that storm if I'd let them die. You have to believe me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Where's my radio? Well, again, like the good con artist, it sounds reasonable. Whether or not you believe it is a different matter, but it sounds reasonable. Please, hear my side of the story before you kill me. Unfortunately, his mate, Liam, you don't trust him as far as you could throw him. You trust this guy either? I mean, you got to look at it from SG-1's perspective. Yeah, SG-1, who are comprised of two aliens and two humans. Mm. You shot my first officer. I was just trying to wound him. And as I recall, you started things. We thought we had no choice. We had to stop them from enlisting your help. And who are they, according to you? Escaped prisoners. The Severus was a prison transport vessel. Three years ago... My crew and I were transporting Aiden Corso and two of his accomplices to a prison colony. We hit an asteroid storm and began to lose power. Our only hope of survival was to set down on this planet. And then? We had no choice but to take them out of transport stasis. The ship had insufficient power to sustain their lives. The very fact that Jack willing to talk first mm -hmm. makes all the difference. Yes, well, should force and ask we questions later often means you don't get answers. My first officer and I were looking for food and water when they overpowered the men guarding them and killed them in cold blood. Corso then took over the ship and used its defences against us. We tried many times to retake the Severus, but recently we were just lucky to stay alive. They hunted us like wild animals. Anyone else notice the sort of, uh, even though the spelling name is different, what exactly is it, Guardian? I don't see any uh, triple heads. Oh, no. Is that Celtic culture, or just... No, Cerberus is Greek. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the Celtic source, isn't it? There isn't a Cerberus in Celtic culture that I'm aware of. Not any legends I've ever read, anyway. 
As close to an expert as you're going to get on this podcast. There you go, then. That proves the point. It's just a name. Nothing It's just a name. My wife. Your wife. Ithia. Oh, dear. My kind, the Serakin, helped liberate the Heberden from the Goa'uld thousands of years ago. It was your people that brought them advanced technology. Since then, we have lived in harmony. Do you recognise Dion Johnson under all the prosthetics? <laughs> I've no idea what he looks. Yes, you've seen him in the nine episodes of Stargate. Yeah. Although most of the time he's under... You know me in faces. You recall, was it The Fifth Man, where uh, Jack was stranded on a planet with Tyler? Yes, he was Tyler. Yeah, that was Dion Johnson, without any makeup. And then subsequently Dion Johnson with makeup? Yes. <laughs> There's a skill to actually acting under all that latex. Sit, stay, go character. Look out him, didn't she? There's a lot of creeping up on people. Mm. Major Pierce, this is General Hammond. Read you loud and clear, sir. I want you to hold your fire. Jonas Quinn and a guest are en route. Roger that. Colonel O'Neill, come in, sir. Jonas and Raynard have arrived back from Earth. Now, should they really have flinched? Seriously. Yeah, they should have seen the things, like, you know, very slowly, considering how long the Dolan computer there it takes is. to walk. <laughs> cool, Jonas. I relaxed, Jonas. Yes, he's uh, settled in now. I think they're on to us. Yeah, I'm starting to get that feeling. Bernard and Jonas are on their way back. Yeah, where's Carter? Outside, unconscious. I take it she didn't buy your story. Yeah, she's too smart. Gotta to keep trying anyway, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, it's in my blood. Just a ship, though. It'll fly. Fire it up. <laughs> Wee, going home. Mm. Or not, since I'm pretty sure this will still be prisoners if they go home. Hmm. Wait for it. Running that chap. <laughs> that was Jonas really throwing himself into the role. I just want to know how much sand ended up in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Forget what we stashed on Herbidon. It's nothing compared to what's through that Stargate. What do you mean? I mean, going back is not worth the risk of getting caught. Not when there are riches out there beyond our wildest dreams. Come on. I've learned enough to get us a good head start. We've got the Stargate covered. And we have hostages. Oh, she's excited now. Yes. Oh, dear. Oh, she's evil. Could this be the uh, Superman trilogy? What? Well, think about it. You had Zod, the leader, the uh, dumb giant, and Ursula, the femme fatale. You mean Superman 3, not the Superman trilogy? The Superman trilogy of villains, I meant. Yeah. I knew what I meant, even if nobody else does. Well, answers on the post, carefully. How do we disengage the ship's defences? It can only be done from inside. Cover me, Teal. Indeed. Indeed. Twice in one episode. <laughs> I will go. We'll watch your back. Oh, yeah, the one person that really susceptible to the audio weapon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Joe's been stop. Joe's been stop. You're not even going serpentine here. Oh, there we go. Bit of slow-mo, ramped up to 60 frames per second. Mm-hmm. And I say the beauty of the modern cameras that can do this, this is done on the day, not in post. Mm-hmm. I assume it's not as loud inside the ship. It kind of negates the effectiveness of the weapon earlier in the episode, doesn't it? Yes, well, maybe it was motivated. There was some blood all around his ears, but... Could have been keen, that one. 
They have Jonas, sir. They're going to try to escape through the Stargate. You all right? Yeah, well, as far as SG-15, they're concerned. Jonas is alien and therefore expendable. <laughs> hey there, guys. Let's put those weapons down. Can't they see him from behind actually waving to him? You best do that now or he dies. Yes, all the subtlety. All we need to do is dial up the gate and go through. No one needs to get her, right? Now, she seems to be an intelligent young woman, but surely she should have been suspicious of pulling out a single address. Mm-hmm. Was a description fabulously wealthy planet inhabited by idiots. Mm, possibly. Get that address from my lab. Yeah. And everything else you said is. Uh... Not everything. You are cute. All right, let's go. <laughs> Don't ruin the party, Jack. Don't ruin it. All right, that's far enough. Don't come any closer. Back off or I'll kill him. Colonel, just let him go. Nobody's going anywhere. Really? I'll be fine. It's not worth the risk. <laughs> I'm trying to save you, Jonas. Mm-hmm. Has he got a nervous tick or is he trying to indicate the GDO? Let him go. Sir? Let him go. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to him. Yeah, but my thing is, hey, my superior officer orders me, fair enough. Ah, there he is. He's actually using the GDO. Mm-hmm. There's only one place that needs that. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Earth. You planted the address? Call it intuition. Oopsie. I never loved your woman. But do you fancy a drink tomorrow night? Well done. Okay, Jonas, that's the second woman that's come on to you, and the second one you've. <laughs> one's dead and one's in jail. Mm. And there you can see Warwick's hat. They actually made a hat for the alien and actually filmed this scene with him wearing a hat. Everybody locked up okay? They're all in transport stasis. Mr. Quinn. I never did ask you how you figured out who Reynard really was. That's just a feeling, really. Although I did come across something interesting while I was researching the name of your ship. There was another ship built by the descendants of the ancient Celts on Earth. It was called the Severus. Coincidentally, it was designed specifically to transport convicts to a penal colony. I mean, the names were so similar, I thought uh, maybe there was some significance in Celtic history and... Uh, um... The meaning of the word never changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> yeah, Jack's not really impressed. Incredible. No. Well, that and I've always been suspicious of a girl who kisses on the first date. Oh, yes. Jonah's got some. A little some. You're a force base. What? Colonel, I want to thank you for everything that you have done, but mostly for trusting me. It's my pleasure. To be fair, over the years, Jack's done all right for himself. Normally some dire consequences after the fact, though. Jack may have fathered a child. He kissed one woman, ate a pizza, and then aged a hundred years over the space of a couple of days. Yes, but let's not forget the other uh, person he spent, what, three, four months with? Yeah, did she or didn't she? Mm. And that was Cerebus flying away, which is it a spoiler to say that we may see that ship again? I forget. (laughs) Well, strangely enough, during the commentary, both Andy and Damien were actually working on the episode where that ship does feature again. Ah, okay. Kill you, will you? Yeah. Okay, that was Forsaken. 
to be honest, not the most entertaining. A bit slow. I think in 22 minutes in, it's okay, but it doesn't jog happily along the way last week's did. No. Some nice location work. Again, you've got to praise both Trevor Jones and Dion Johnstone for prosthetics work they did. But overall, mm, not much to say about it. Uh, let's praise the trees. Nice trees, yes. <laughs> sort of grey with green bits. Yes. Tall, as trees should be. Indeed. My brain's just gone. I literally just look at the episode total ten seconds ago. Forsaken. Thank you. Next week's episode is entitled Changeling. Duke mysteriously begins to lose his sense of reality, haunted by visions of an alternate existence where he is a normal human being. As his paranoia deepens, Duke must rely on the help and comfort of his old friend Daniel Jackson to determine whether his dreams end and his reality begins. Ooh. Bit of a trope, really, isn't it? A little, if I seem to recall. Not a bad episode, though. Buffy did it. It's actually one of my personal favourite Buffy's. Because at the end of it, you're still not sure whether or not it's true. They've left it very <laughs> ambiguous, typical Joss, screw your head stuff. Come try ya! So it's time for the upcoming Stargate-related birthdays for the week commencing April the 8th. On the 8th, J.R. Bourne, who played the Tokra Martouf and Lantash, celebrates his birth. He can be currently seen in Teen Wolf playing Argent. Also on the 8th, Tom J. Astell, who wrote Korai, celebrates his birthday. Kathleen Munro, a.k.a. Amanda Perry from Stargate Universe, has her birthday on the 9th, and on the 10th, also from Stargate Universe, Haig Sutherland, who played Sergeant Riley, is celebrating. On April the 11th, we have two guys celebrating birthdays, Matthew Walker, who played Merlin in five episodes of SG-1, and Douglas H. Arthurs, who played Harur. On the 12th, Tom O'Brien, who played Brian Volgert in the SG-1 episode Covenant, and Cameron K. Smith, who played a Jafar in the season 6 episode Changeling, celebrate their birth. Eric Avari, a cornerstone of the franchise, has his birthday on the 13th. He played Karsouf, both in the theatrical movie and TV series of Stargate. Finally, and certainly not to be forgotten, Robert Carlyle has his birthday on the 14th. He played the enigmatic Dr. Nicholas Rush in Stargate Universe, and is currently gracing the screen as Rumpelstiltskin, aka Mr. Gold, in Once Upon a Time. Those are the birthdays. More to come next week. Just say the word. Open the iris. Okay, Time for our feedback. And do we have any feedback this week? Yes, we do. We've got some email from Colin. Well, as I said before, I'm not a fan of clip shows, but this one has one redeeming feature. Thor putting a jumped-up idiot power-hungry senator in his place. (laughs) I love the scene where he raises his finger and puts him down. One other thing I would like to point out to any American casting agents that are listening, we don't all talk like someone from Eton. It's a tired old cliché. Live long and podcast. Colin. Yeah, I suppose it's appropriate given what Colin actually presents. <laughs> yes. Jamie Ray Newman. Just quite cute in that. But that's clearly a publicity headshot. That is a publicity, yeah. It's one of the best. And as I said earlier, the shot you picked of Alessandro Giuliana looks stupidly handsome. That's your feedback from me. <laughs> Since last week, we had Adriana going on about lack of a iPod. Didn't we read that? No, we didn't. We do have some feedback on the Clip Show episode also. There's feedback from Jeff Woolsey who says... This is one of my favourite episodes solely because of Thor laying the smackdown on Kinsey. Supreme Commander, Jennifer Biatch. I replied, yes, with one stubby finger he derailed Kinsey and made him feel oh so insignificant. And Jeff replied, this episode's all proved that Stargate, more than any other show, really knows how to work and make a flashback episode work. <laughs> and for those of you interested in model making, there's a nice picture on the Gatecast and probably on the Google Plus as well of somebody paper mashed up a Stargate and... Three, but not four of the team. What looks like Amanda in the foreground. They left Jonas behind. 
although was it tilt? Because they look rather white. <laughs> they do, don't they? But yes. Amanda's clearly identifiable. She's the only one who actually has eyes. There's feedback on the photo you posted subsequent to Smoking Mirrors. And Lee said, was never a fan of a short hair look. And I responded, it's Amanda. I'm a fan of every kind of look. And Lee responded, I'm a big fan too and like all her looks, but I have to say it's my least favourite book of hers. Uh-huh. I also liked your post about the little cartoon. It's a great cartoon, with, isn't it? The, with the pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a classic. I don't know if they got the actual voice or just people doing impressions. Actually, I can see RDA doing that. Yeah. Aside from occasional genre work, though, the only person I've seen working regularly since Stargate is Michael Shane. Other people pop up in the odd bit of sci-fi. Amanda doing Sanctuary. Well, yeah, well, Amanda's given. Oh, okay, fair enough. And kudos, sci-fi kudos to you, plus 10 geek points and uh, plus one to your hacking ability for recognising within about five seconds my ringtone as Lex. Oh, thank you. When it went off about three weeks ago. Very distinctive music, Lex has. You see, it's not the theme to Lex. It is actually just the opening Bremen G bit to the first yeah. episode of the miniseries. I mean, as my mate said when he was trying to persuade me to watch it, I mean, Lex is basically, it's sci-fi porn. Especially, the, whatever about the miniseries, the actual show itself is just sci-fi porn. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Although, it, identifying that piece of music was easier because they did have an actual musical episode. Did they? Yeah. I never actually watched it all. I might sit down and uh, dig it out. Yeah, I know, I know. There's just so much to look at. So last week's Almighty Johnson's, I thought that was actually a fantastic episode. Oh, the Thor one? Yes. Yeah, you will sleep with my lovely daughter. What? <laughs> yeah, prove your Thor through the hammer and all you just said was, Beak! <laughs> <laughs> I hate rabbits. Kind of reminded me of that scene in Black Alec the third, in the second, I'm fairly certain it was the third one. I think it was the one that played Queenie in the second one. It was the third one. You one who hates squirrels. Yeah. And she keep firing it. You'd hear bang and then you hear a little uh, squeak followed by a sort of muffled thump. <laughs> and when Odin threw the hammer. Meh. He killed the gold. <laughs> Next time on Stargate SG-1. My mind was filled with images. Thoughts of me, yet I was not entirely myself. It's called dreaming. Is one of the crew experiencing a dream? Save yourself. I'm getting you out, old man! Or living a nightmare. You cannot escape your fate, Shola. From one life to another. Hey, come on, let's go! From one moment to the next. When you're there, this is the dream. And when you're here, that's the dream. They're both so real. One man is caught in two different worlds. You're trying to figure out which of the two lives is the real one. But reality could be deadly. My symbiote is gone! My symbiote is gone! Richard Dean Anderson stars. Get a medical team down here right now! Help me! Next time on Stargate SG-1. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast. And our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. It can also be found on iTunes. And that's one portal where any comments and reviews would be most welcome. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. 
Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. Anyway, I'm going to go hunt down some less spotted food. Okay then, folks. That was Forsaken. Thanks for joining us. As Alan says, next week the Changeling. Take care and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. Bye-bye.